Yo, 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 welcome to Tap Room Sports, a sports podcast unlike any other podcast around. That's right, because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet, sports and beer. Before I get to my co-host over there, I got to mention that we are being brought to you by MyBookie, the best sports book for everyone, everywhere. And the best part is you always have access to the action, whether you're at home or on the go. Visit the website online today at mybookie.ag and use promo code TAPROOM to grab yourself a deposit bonus. I am Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lats, here with my partner in crime, Mr. Big Ballin' Ben Larson. What's going on, sir? Not much, man. A great weekend uh, finishing out Pints of Love. It's it's good to get that first live show behind us. You know, we're, we're talking... You know, my bookie. We've got another little announcement in uh, just a couple seconds here. So it's it's been a great week, great weekend. Mm. We, let's sprinkle some sports in there too. We had a great UFC fight last night. Um, man, Hell crazy yeah. crazy weekend. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I am fucking exhausted. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm I like bet. mentally and physically exhausted. Uh, Pints of Love is now behind us, so you know we can really focus in on what we do best as a podcast, which is awesome. Yep. And not to take any away, Pints of Love was fucking amazing. It was awesome. Ben and I were live on there today. You know, we checked. I checked out a couple of the, uh, you know, not a couple. I checked out a lot of the other sessions, yep. and I also checked out some live music. You know, it was, it was awesome, man. And if you didn't, if you didn't get a chance to check it out, you can go to lemonade dot social, and that content's gonna be up there for how long? Three months, right? Three months, yeah. Three you months. You can still so get those be... tickets that, you know, to watch for those three months. It was only fifteen bucks, so it's worth yeah. it. And you can still use promo code Taproom twenty twenty one, right? Uh, yes, I believe. Well, twenty twenty one Taproom. But yeah, twenty twenty one Taproom, and you get ten percent off your tickets. Um. So I mean, dude, there's a ton of content, and we're we're gonna cut out a little bit of what we did on the sh- on the show live from Pints of Love. You know, we had Chris Ransom on from Draft Utopia, so we're gonna play that for you guys in a little bit. Yeah. But you know, we here, Ben. We here Sunday night. You know, a lot that's actually happened since we <laughs> since we did the live show yep. earlier at two p.m. Absolutely. So I mean, we got even more to talk about. Yeah, and you know, one thing that I see in your hand right now is a a very purple beer. Like super, super dark, uh, purpley red. But uh, so, you know, big part of, you know, why we were so, you know, ecstatic about going to Pints of Love and, you know, doing our show there is because we are huge fans of beer, you know, just as much as we love sports. And, you know, this was a great platform for us to, you know, let those two intertwine. And, you know, it's, it's great because what goes better, I say it all the time with, you know, than beer and sports and sports and beer they go hand in hand so it's great um we loved being a part of that you know part of the weekend the culture it's it's great everybody uh you know at that group was you know awesome they had some great knowledge there but you know we want to spend and pass on some of that knowledge to you and you know this is going to be how we're doing it we're going to be giving you reviews excuse me each week on you know beers that we like or we think we're going to like because they're that type of beer that we're you know, we're looking for. And Jordan and I, you know, have changed tastes since we started drinking beer. I mean, I don't think Jordan would have gone for, a, you know, the, the beer that he's drinking tonight, you know, from the get-go. I probably wouldn't have did, 
done the same, you know, a couple months ago. So it's it's great to have, you know, new beers, see how it's changing, and, uh, you know, it's always changing. I, I just totally love it. And, you know, I got to mention that, you know, you can get the best craft beer delivered straight to your front door from breweries all around the U.S. using Tavour. So just go to tavour.com. Or you can devour the t- excuse me. You can download the Tavour app. That's T A V O U R on your mobile device and use promo code Taproom when signing up to get ten bucks off your first purchase of twenty five dollars or more. So That's a steal. It's great. It's absolutely great. And Jordan, I know you got your beer that you're drinking tonight off of Tavour. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me, what are you drinking? No, I didn't get this beer off of Tavour, but I I heard of this brewery because of Tavour. Okay. So that's how I that was originally um, proposed to me. This one's from Evil Brewing um, out of Connecticut. It's E.T. Left Home. It's a sour IPA with blueberry and raspberry. And, I, I mean, it, it literally looks like, uh, you know, a dark Bordeaux wine. That's what the color looks like. It's yep. that dark purple. Um, but so far, I've taken a couple of sips. The taste is excellent. This was a, uh, an expensive beer. <laughs> So it, I hope I would pray that it would taste good. Yeah. <laughs> but what are you sipping on, Ben? Yeah, I uh, I did my beer tonight for um, kind of a a dessert kind of beer for the night because you know we've got uh, pints. The you know the ep- part of the episode is going to be the uh, interview from pints, and you know so if we do only go through one beer, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure it's a, a sweeter one. It's not as sweet as I initially thought. This is the uh, bourbon barrel pish. Uh, so this is uh, from Almanac Beer Company, um, and this is a sour blonde ale aged in uh, it's a sorry it's a farmhouse ale aged in bourbon barrels with a ton of peaches with nectarines uh, with vanilla bean and it is um, they age it in four roses barrels which is a wonderful uh, distillery and they produce some great bourbon. Um, so I'm super stoked to get through this. I've tried a first maybe two sips or so, and it's a little more sour than I thought, but it is, uh, it's very tasty, so I'm looking forward to it. Nice, man. I'm looking forward to hearing what that one tastes like, but let's let's just get right into it, man. Let's, uh, let's talk some NBA real quick uh, before we get to Chris's interview. Yep. Uh, you know, we talked about early MVP on Pints of Love earlier, um, but now... Like I, I watched the Celtics lose today to the Wizards. I lost the Bucks lose to the Thunder. Yep. We just saw AD go down. Yeah. Oh, uh, might be lost for the season. We don't know yet. We'll find out tomorrow. So, I wanted to ask you, like, is there at this point? Do you think that there's one team that is like the title favorite? And this is like knowing we we don't know the situation of Anthony Davis right now. Yeah. Um. If I'm going one team, man, I really want to go two. No, no, I'll take two. Is it one from the east and one from the west? No, I got two teams in the east and one in the west. I'd say. All the, right, well, what are the three teams? The two teams in the east I'd go with is is Brooklyn and Philadelphia. I think those two teams are are just playing out of their minds right now, and they have the potential to continue that throughout the whole season. I mean, the way Embiid and Simmons are actually uh, playing together uh, it's it's uh it's absolutely shocking i know they just took the loss today but you know it's it's fun to see you know these you know guys who were at 
ends last year, absolutely at ends. And, you know, they're putting things together. They're not fighting with each other. I mean, they're playing, you know, pretty much the whole game out there together. So, you know, if they can keep that up, I think they can, you know, make a run for it. I don't know, man. Like, the, the East, to me, is, like, the Nets and then everybody else right now. Yeah. Like, and there's no other team I really trust. The Nets working to, are my other team because they're just too they're – they're too offensively, you know, powered. The yeah. defense is going to be tough, though. If they – if a team gets yeah. hot in the playoffs for one of those series, that's going to be the, the thing that can outs them. It's crazy, though, because, like, they haven't really played with, like, their full healthy squad yet. Yeah, and, and they're still eight and one against teams over five hundred. Did so, I, I mean see they get... Durant pulled something today too in his Achilles again? No, it wasn't his Achilles. They said it was like a, a, a contusion, like a hamstring contusion or something. Hamstring strain. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hamstring strain. So he's gonna be out for a couple of games. But I mean, you have Harden and Kyrie to fill the void, and not many teams can say that. I mean, like, like the Bucks today, they lost to a Thunder team without their best player, and the Thunder already suck with yeah. with Shy. They didn't have Shy, and the Bucks looked awful. Like, I just can't trust the Bucks. They're coming off three losses in a row. Two of them are to Phoenix and Utah, so that's a good team. I can't trust Philly because at the end of the day, they still have Doc Rivers as the coach. Yeah. He doesn't do well in the playoffs i mean look at the clippers team he had last year and they couldn't even get out of the second round yeah and i think philly's gonna have the same kind of issues like once it gets to the playoffs so i don't trust philly boston i mean they're spiraling out of control right now yeah you uh, never marcus know. smart isn't playing but San, they lost to san antonio uh they lost to uh who they lose to today? The Wizards. I mean, they are not playing good basketball right now. And Jason Tatum only has six points today. And that's yeah. a guy that's like an elite player in this league, only putting up six points against the Wizards. Yeah. So, I mean, in the Heat, the Heat looked like they were an absolute fluke last year in the bubble. I mean, I picked them to be a top three team in the East, and they suck. Yeah. Like, there's no way around it. Like, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, they were great in the bubble, and they look like below average nba players right now yeah especially hero i know he's been battling injury but you know it's it has not looked pretty at all with him um at all and that's a that's a guy that the miami heat literally had a chance to trade for james harden and they said no because they didn't want to trade tyler hero yeah (laughs) yeah that's a mistake but it's insane yeah we'll see we'll see how he develops so he's still young he's only a second in his second year so mm-hmm. you know it's he's he definitely has the potential to continue that but i mean he's he's around a bunch of guys that are just getting older and you know i know they exactly. still have talent but you know they're just getting older and older so that's going to be tough who do you have from the the west cuz i've got my one team that i think is locked well i mean before you know 35 minutes ago i would have said lakers easily i still think they're the best team hopefully anthony davis didn't tear his achilles because if he's lost for the season i I just think the west is wide open kind of similar to the east i would probably still maybe lean lakers because you know paul george is dealing with his bone edema Mm -hmm. but before paul george went down and they had like the the proto the COVID protocols where like Kawhi and Paul George sat for a minute. I mean the late the Clippers looked like top two team in the league. Yeah. They were playing phenomenal basketball. They looked way better, which is why I'm down on the Sixers because 
I just think the Clippers look so much better without Doc Rivers as their head coach. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a definitely so, good point. But without AD, I think there's a handful of teams we could talk about. We could mention the Clippers, Lakers, obviously, Nuggets, Jazz, Phoenix yeah. Suns. I mean, and, and we, we we have to start con- uh, talking about the Jazz as a, as a contender because, I mean, they're, they're a top-five team in offense and defense. They're yeah. one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league, and from what I've been watching this year, it's like whoever shoots the three ball the best in the game wins. Yep. And and the Utah Jazz were going to be my pick out of the West uh, for this year, especially because, you know, AD is, is going to be out at least, you know, you got to say that's at least a two-week break, whether it's, yeah. you know, if it's, you know, at the least for him. Um, I think so, the biggest thing with Utah, though, the only, my only question mark, Ben, is do they have that guy that's going to step up in the playoffs and get buckets when they need them? And Donovan Mitchell, this could be the year he takes that step, but we won't know until we get there. Because they play, like, a really team-oriented style of basketball. Like, they remind me of the Bucks the last two years where, like, they were just dominant in the regular season. But yeah. then it got to the postseason. They, like, no one stepped up and got buckets when they needed them. Very true. And and like you said, they've just been dominant. You know, ten and three within the conference, twelve and two at home, ten and three away. So they're like I mean, seventeen and one in their last eighteen games or something stupid yeah. like that. Nine and one in the last ten on a seven game win streak. You know, so are the Lakers on a seven game win streak until you know about fifteen minutes when this game's over. But um, yeah, you know, it's they're they're playing out of their mind right now and. You know, they're at least a young enough team that can keep this going throughout the 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 year. You yeah. know, who knows if they're going to get a dip. And, I mean, Goldberg just seems like he's playing out of his mind right now. He's playing good, but, I mean, a lot of – they're they're all playing good. That's why they're, that's why they're dominating is because everybody's playing good. Yeah. And it's hard to beat NBA teams when – they're playing like that, and they play such a team-oriented style of basketball. I mean, they move the ball so well, and it, that's the problem is that's what the Bucks were last year, and then it came down to the playoffs, and defenses tighten up, and it's harder to do that, and you kind of need to go off script. And if Donovan Mitchell can be that guy that can like get you a bucket at the end of a shot clock when you need a bucket in a tie game, I think the sky's the limit for Utah because they play great defense. Quinn Snyder's a great head coach, so, but it all... I have to see the playoffs to know how they're going to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I also got to ask if you saw the, uh, you know, the the Grizzlies-Lakers game where the NBA has now come out and officially warned LeBron and Kuzma, you know, for oh, flopping. Yeah. I, I mean, is this just a slap on the wrist just to say, like, yo, yeah, we told you, but... They're, I mean, they're yeah, not I mean, the LeBron one was hella obvious. Oh, like, yeah. You saw was, that on replay? It was yeah, like, it dude, was what are bad. you... How did they call that? But I mean, at the end of the day, like those things happen. I mean, we see flops all the time from mm. a lot of players. Every night, I feel like we see a flop. Um, at least but the, yeah, but I mean, that's cool that they. I'm glad they told them. I wish they would tell every player that has a flop, like, "Yo, next time you do that, we're gonna find you." And yeah. the NBA has the right to. They could find you like five grand for the first one, and then if you're like a repeat offender, like up to like ten times or, or more, I think they can start to suspend you. Imagine wow. getting suspended for flopping. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's insane. Well, I mean, what else do you? Is there anything else? NBA that you want to talk about? I mean, we we hit a lot on Pints of Love earlier. Yeah, I mean, there's 
there's just so much going on right now with the, you know, some some teams playing out of their minds, some teams, again, just, you know, completely in the doghouse. Um, I mean, there's just, there's been some major just declines within the last, you know, 10 games. You look at game, teams like Minnesota, who's, you know, three and seven, you know. Oh, they're awful. You know, Washington, who's, you know, four and six. Orlando, two and eight. Cleveland, two and eight in their last 10. Like, it has not no. been a good, you know, last two weeks for a couple of these teams. And, you know, these were the ones that we were, you know, calling ads, you know, below the, the pack. And, you know, here we here we see them dropping down the ranks. I think the only Absolutely. one that we're really off on is uh, Washington. Yeah, Washington, I mean, I thought that was a playoff team, but who knows, dude? Who knows what this season, like, the season's been so weird. Like, they could make a, they could win, like, 12 in a row and be right back in it. So, I mean, they're not out of it yet, but they look out of it. (laughs) But they had a big win today, big win today. All right, let's do this. Before we move on to the show, let's take a break. Let's uh, play the interview with Chris. Um, it was a great interview. Chris uh, Ransom from Draft Utopia came on the show on Pints of Love. We talked some NFL draft. He is an NFL draft expert. Um, so here it is. The NFL season has come to an end. The 2020-21 champs have been crowned. And if you're like me, you've been betting on the NFL all season long. And you might be wondering, what's next? That's why I like my bookie. Because no matter the sport or season, you can always win big now. I'm talking non-stop action, 365 days a year. Choose from thousands of lines on the NBA, NHL, UFC, and more. Because winning season never ends when you play at my bookie. They truly have something for everyone. And absolutely nobody does prop bets like my bookie. You can get action in on everything from celebrity divorce to the winner of the All-Valley Karate Tournament. Yes. You can really fucking bet on that. And with NCAA March Madness right around the corner, there couldn't be a better time to start building your bankroll. Do yourself a favor, get a head start. Sign up today with promo code TAPROOM and get your first deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. That's right, cash credited to your account instantly on top of your deposit. The best part is you always have access to the action whether you're at home or on the go. Visit the website online today at mybookie.ag and use promo code TAPROOM to grab yourself a deposit bonus. Bet, win, and get paid at MyBookie. All right, so we just had the Super Bowl wrap-up. You know, NFL is definitely going to be a hot topic for the next few months as we head into the offseason. So for this episode, live from Pints of Love, we got a very special guest on. Uh, we got my man Chris Ransom from DraftUtopia.com. You can follow him on Twitter at DraftUtopia. He is an NFL draft expert. And let me tell you, this guy was at the Senior Bowl giving live reports. My man is hard work, working, dedicated. Like this guy, I swear to God, you're always working, Chris, on something. <laughs> NHL, NFL, MLS. He does all of them. So hit him up, DraftUtopia.com. Follow him on Twitter. How you doing, Chris? Thanks for having me on, and I appreciate the shout-out. Hey, you're you're good at your craft, man. I'm a completely honest person. Like, a lot of people pretend to be draft experts, but truly, you are a draft expert. Like, you really do the deep diving, and, you you know, you went to mobile. So, I mean, before we jump in, like, how was mobile? How was the Senior Bowl? 
This is the second year I went, and it was different this year because they were transitioning from Lad People Stadium to Hancock-Whitley Stadium, and you had the pandemic going on as well, but it was a great trip. I mean, got to see these players practice for three days, both the North, not the North and South, that was 2020, the national team and the American team, uh, the mix-up, but yeah, the, the national team had Brian Flores. The American team, I think, had um, Matt Matt Rule coaching, oh. and they had the SEC awesome. players on that team. So it was a fun three days. And I only was able to go for three days this year because the airports are closed in PA on Sunday. Otherwise, I probably would have stayed for the game. Oh. Made a little extra to stay there for Friday and Saturday. Wow. I didn't know the airports in Pittsburgh closed like that. That's, That's crazy. crazy. All right, well, let's talk about, uh, you know, before we really jump into the NFL draft and, you know, what you thought of, like, players there, let's talk about review of the season. Obviously, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 31-9 Super Bowl champions against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, Chris, what was your take? Because, I mean, honestly, I think this was a game that was literally Kansas City's worst nightmare, like the only way they could, like, everything that needed to go wrong went wrong. Like, what was your takeaway from that game? Yeah, and I've got the uh, draftutopia.com slash Super Bowl game recap for like the play-by-play and analysis, but as far as this game goes, Tampa Bay just was the dominant team on both sides of the ball. They won this battle in the trenches. I wish Devin White won Super Bowl MVP. I'm not taking anything away from Brady. He's definitely deserving. I just felt like Devin White, nine solo tackles, four assisted tackles, 13 total tackles, two tackles for a loss, two quarterback hurries which were both pressures on Mahomes, which resulted in completions and an interception, which prevented Kansas City from their only offensive touchdown. A resume of that caliber in the biggest game of the year, I think that makes him more deserving of Super Bowl MVP than Tom Brady, but I'm not taking anything away from Brady. Brady had a heck of a game. He clicked with Gronkowski. The line gave him a clean pocket, which is more than you can say about Kansas City, but they had backups in, in their defense, but... I just felt like Devin White and Tom Brady just commanded their uh, units to victory as leaders on offense and defense, and it was a pretty straightforward and self-explanatory win for the Buccaneers. Yeah. Yeah, I agree completely, man. Like, it's, I feel like it was hard for the MVP voters to pick one player on the defense to give it to. I mean, Shaq Barrett had a great game. Yep, yep. Um you know, so I felt like that's the only reason Brady got it. Plus, it's Brady. I mean, if Tampa Bay won, he was getting it no matter what, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Unless he, unless something crazy happened where it was all, all rushing touchdowns and he didn't throw for a touchdown. He could have thrown that's for true. 30 yards. They're going to give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's true. It happened in Super Bowl 54 last year. Damian Williams actually had the, uh, most rushing yards in the strongest overall game, but Mahomes made the big plays when it mattered the most. So he got MVP, even though he threw it's some picks in that game. Always exactly. the quarterback. Always is. <laughs> hey, Chris, is there a team that didn't make the playoffs this year that you think has a chance to contend next year? Like Tampa Bay went from not making the playoffs, right? And then winning the Super Bowl. Obviously, they signed Brady, but do you, do you see a team that is <clears> – <throat> you know, maybe a piece or two away from being actual contenders that you think they can, you know, get those pieces this, this off season. I think there are two. And okay. one of your hosts gave a subliminal hint away. 
The Raiders. Yep, that was the first team I was thinking of. The other team I'm thinking of is the Dolphins. I I look at both of those teams. I think they're both built to win long-term if they they draft well because they're both in position to make big moves. And they both came pretty close this year before um, injuries piled up, lack of execution at the end. I just felt like the Raiders, they have the offense. They just – weren't healthy and injuries on the defensive side of the ball plus a lack of turnovers a lack of uh sacks there were elements that the made the raiders incomplete at times even though they have a lot of pieces in place on both sides of the ball the dolphins i i look at them i like to uh, i like what they did in last year's draft addressing the offensive line they beefed up their front seven they look like a good long-term team with long-term stability but yep. they still need a number one target. They still need a running back that they can really depend on. And they could use a safety or two for depth, but it's not really a deal breaker at this point. The Dolphins have a lot going for them. Mm-hmm. And if I had to pick an NFC team, I'd go with the Cardinals. But the Cardinals are moving on from Patrick Peterson. So if you want me to give you a specific NFC team, I'm probably going to take the Vikings now because I just feel like the whole NFC North is a mess. But Minnesota, they had one of the best rookies in Justin Jefferson and you have cousins Dalvin cooks, one of the best running backs in the league. A defense was the so Vikings banged up. Did not have it. Vikings had Eric Barr, Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks injured last year. That's the right. thing. And they still and Daniel Hunter. Games. Mm-hmm. and Daniel Hunter all injured. Those uh, three are beasts on the defense and they were all injured last year. So I really felt like that hindered them more than anything else. And they were lucky to win as many games as they did considering now they'll have those guys healthy. They'll have – so I would say the Vikings at this point. Do you think – Maybe the Falcons you, too, but – Do you think Kirk Cousins is the kind of quarterback that can lead a team like the Vikings to the Super Bowl though? Uh, given his – you know, we do know about his primetime game woes too. I mean, it's not – it's a real thing. I don't – I think he might be able to lead them to an NFC championship, but that's his ceiling, honestly. I don't mm-hmm. see Cousins taking this team to the Super Bowl. So and that's think- assuming the Vikings get like one of the top two seeds in the NFC and somehow win the North. I just don't see it, but I think he could be a good mentor for a guy like Trey Lance or a guy like Fields. If they, one of those two fell to 14 and they ended up getting a quarterback and grooming him in, I think that could work. But right now I just feel like cousins is their best short-term answer and they would have to absolutely hit in that situation in order to get, the best deal possible. And I think Atlanta might be another team too. I could see them taking off and being number two in the NFC South with Arthur Smith. Breeze is retired. The Panthers, we don't know where they're at. So I could just see Arthur Smith coming in there and help getting the Falcons eight to 10 wins year one. Yeah. Man, you, you talked about both of their teams. Where do you see my Niners uh, heading next year? I mean, we're, we're coming back from a lot of injury, so we can't go down. There's not much further to go down. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The Niners are another one of these teams, too. They could be back in the mix easily next year if they fix their offensive line, assuming Trent Williams leaves and the defense comes back healthy, Garoppolo comes back healthy. The sky could be the limit for the 49ers, too. Yep. But at the same time, they are going to have a lot of turnover on the secondary. Richard Sherman's probably leaving in free agency. They need another corner next to Richard Sherman. So they're going to have to fix the secondary just like Arizona, if they want to compete with the Rams mm-hmm. and the Seahawks in that NFC West division. 
And uh, you had uh, yeah. mentioned uh, when you were talking about the Dolphins earlier about Tua uh, that you you like Tua. Do you think his woes this year was more the lack of weapons um, that he had around him, or because watching Tua, I didn't necessarily see a lot that I liked out there. But when you bring up the point that he didn't have a running back, he didn't have really any options like Parker's in and out. Um, do you think that has more to do with and his struggles? No preseason training. True. That too, no preseason, no receivers, no running back. I felt like there were a number of different factors. But heading into that draft, Tua had the best deep ball accuracy of any of the quarterbacks, even Burrow or Justin Herbert, who won Offensive Rookie of the Year, who I was also able to meet in person at the Senior Bowl. So to see Tua regress or the Dolphins minimalize his deep ball because they don't think it's on par with what they want, I felt like that could have been a coaching issue as well as a developmental issue with two at quarterback, but he's going to have full control of the offense next year. So if he has any um, stumbles like he did as a rookie or he gets benched again in his second year, could he get released like Haskins? Maybe I'm not going to completely dismiss that, but at the same time, I just think two has too much going for him mm-hmm. and Lay Steinberg who represented Mahomes as his agent. So I think he's going to find a way to get the job done and make something happen in year two. One thing with Tua, and I, I felt like, um, you know, a lot of people when they were analyzing him in college, I mean, you got to take into account that Alabama has the most talented offensive line in college, right? He has all day to throw the ball. And then he has, look who he was throwing to. He was throwing to, you know, four first round pick wide receivers. You know what I'm saying? So like that talent, do, we, do you take into account when you're evaluating these quarterbacks, do you take into do you take that into account? Like Mac Jones, for example, like do you take into account what he was playing with when you evaluate him for the next level? Absolutely. That's why I still have a second round grade on him, despite his impressive senior bowl. Cause I don't think, I think he's more of a floor QB. He's pro ready. He can have success year one, but his ceiling's relatively low compared to the other QBs in this draft, which is why I would say he's more of a second round prospect getting pushed up into the first round due to the fact that, that he might be the only guy outside the top four QBs that has the upside to develop into a starter or be an immediate day one starter. So that's going to drive his price up a little bit, even if he gets overdrafted. Look how many teams are in the market for QBs this year. That's the other thing you got to look at. Right. Everyone's being traded. Do you think Jones is going to New England? It could happen. I could see the Patriots taking him at 15. He could even go as early as eight to Carolina because I'm not buying what Mel Kuyper said about the Panthers taking him at eight, but they did look at him pretty hard in the senior bowl and they coached him. So I wouldn't rule it out, but if they have a choice between Zach Wilson or uh, Fields or Lance, I feel like they'd go with that QB before they took Mac Jones. But if those four are all off the board by seven, I could see them taking Mac Jones at eight. I really could so you think the you think the Panthers? I'm gonna bring up Panthers because we have a lot of listeners from Carolina. Um, yeah, and I was in the Charlotte airport twice when I went down to Mobile before I went to the Senior Bowl. <laughs> they got a nice airport. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's good to know they got a good airport. But you think they're like totally out on Teddy Bridgewater? Because I mean, he's owed 17 million next year, and then 20 million the year after. But he could be bought out, right? You think they can just... be bought out. They can buy him out without losing any cap money. In fact, they'd get money back if they bought him out. Hmm. But he has a dead cap hit of 20 million this year, 
five million next year. That's true, which is why I'd keep him for at least another year. But at the same time, he has like a cap room of like 24 million for this year. So they'd save like 4 million compared to like 15 million next year. If they got rid of him next year, they'd be yeah. saving a lot more. if They kept him for a year, even if they right. uh, transition to the rookie QB mid season, which is what I think they should end up doing. Cause yeah. rule had a press conference on zoom. You were able to stream it and upload it to your podcast. That was in the, like a, the media brochure. So I, I heard what he's looking for in a quarterback. I, I could see them taking their guy at eight. I could also see them giving Bridgewater one more year. I'm just really curious because I feel like Carolina, we talked about this on Saturday's podcast on Draft Utopia. Carolina's the wild card of this draft. I really feel that way with the quarterbacks in play, with Kyle Pitts, the receivers. I feel like Carolina really is the wild card of this draft. Do you think Kyle Pitts is a top 10 pick? Easily. He's easily a top 10 pick. I'm probably going to do a Kyle Pitts film cut soon for our YouTube channel, but there are people in the draft community that say he's a top three player, but he might slip due to the fact that tight ends, not a position in demand compared to the other Mm -hmm. positions, which is why Carolina, I think at eight would be a perfect fit for him. Is he a better, is he one of the better tight ends that you've evaluated since, uh, since who? He reminds me of Darren Waller, but honestly, I think he's probably the best tight end to enter the NFL since maybe Kels or Gronkowski coming out of Arizona. Because remember, Gronkowski wasn't the number one tight end in that draft. He's had the best career, but there was a tight end out of Oklahoma who was in the same draft as Sam Bradford. I forget his name. Um, but yeah, he was the projected to go in the first round. I think the Cardinals took him and it ended up being a disaster. Uh, no, the Bengals took him first. We so, ended up. Jermaine he Gresham. Is that his name? Yeah, Jermaine Gresham? Jermaine Gresham. Yeah. No. The Bengals took him. Yeah. Okay. But that was when the Bengals had Carson Palmer and Ocho Cinco. And that was a good, good team. He just didn't pan out. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. It's the Bengals. So speaking of that, like, who do you think is the biggest bust potential here in the first round? Well, there's a lot of candidates that could be busts. I'm trying to think of who could be the most overdrafted player. And I feel like this is a bad year for edge rushers with uh, Gregory Rosso feels like a boomer bust pick. Quiddy Pay feels like a good floor player, but I, I think he's a guy who could be a good starter. I don't see him developing into a Pro Bowl type talent. So I would say uh, this could be a draft where we don't see an edge rusher picked until like outside the top 20. Maybe the Colts at 21 take the first edge rusher. I really think it's that week That's of a crazy. class. That's here. wild. I mean, and there's and some good you, edge rushers in this draft, but you can get them later in the draft. I could see mainly offense and cornerbacks being the the headline, the central focus of the first 20 picks this year. This feels like an offensive draft. Okay. Do you think that first round picks in play at all? Uh, can you can you trade up to get that? Yeah, you can move up to get that if you get the first round pick. And I think some teams, they know that because 2022 doesn't look like a very deep draft out after the first round. I've read a seven round mock draft on draft site, which is 
well, now on lineups apparently, but their 2022 seven outside the first round, it doesn't look as deep. So I'm kind of interested to see what's going to happen in both the draft and in the trades this offseason. Because I think if this draft, if 2022 is a week outside the first round, teams are going to try to blow ball other teams into giving up 2022 draft picks for players that can help them win now, especially well, guys like Carson Wentz. Or maybe the Bears are trying to drive down the price for Wentz because Gardner Minshew's still on Jacksonville and the Bears know Minshew's going to get traded. So by driving down the price for Carson Wentz, they can leverage whether they get Wentz or a Minshew and leverage how much they give up as a team in terms of draft capital. You think the Chicago Bears will go into next year possibly with Gardner Minshew as their quarterback? I don't think it's possible, but it's like that's one of the things I read. That's a report I read. They're looking at Wentz, and if they can't get Wentz the price they want, they're looking at Minshew as their plan B from a team insider. I don't know how credible or how true that is, but that's one of the things I've heard. So I think they are trying to drive Wentz's value down so they can leverage the trade in their favor without having to give up 21. I mean, how much more down can Carson Wentz's value go at this point? Because I think Ryan Pace's thought process is let's either get Carson Wentz and give up a second or let's get Gardner Minshew and give up a third. And Jacksonville's like, we'll take a second for Minshew. The Eagles are like, we'll take a first for Wentz. And the Bears don't want to do it. That's why. And I don't blame the Bears for not wanting to do that. But yeah, I, would, I wouldn't do Bears either of those. Have another garbage quarterback here. Oh, that's going to be beautiful. It's the Bears, though. This is yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. It's crazy. So speaking of uh, draft night, like trades, what's like a trade that you can see happening that maybe it's not being talked about. Maybe it's not going to like something that's not being reported, but something where you see a team wanting to move up to get a specific player or something that we should be looking for on draft night. Yeah. I think the Patriots are going to get somebody from Alabama at 15. I don't know if it'll be Leatherwood, Jalen Waddle, Mac Jones. I really think it'll depend on how the board falls. Um, I think the Niners are a team that could move up. And as far as teams that can move down, if Detroit doesn't take Micah Parsons at seven, I think they are the first candidate to move down potentially because they're losing three receivers to free agency. Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, their top three guys. They're also losing both Gerard Davis and Reggie Ragland. They're two inside linebackers, both starter and backup to free agency. So they're losing not only their top three receivers, but their two inside linebackers on the depth chart. They lose both of them to free agency. So if they don't take Micah Parsons at seven, them or the Eagles at six, one of those two teams will be the first team to move down in the draft on draft night. I'm pretty confident in that assessment. And if one of those teams doesn't move down, then we're looking at maybe no trades until pick 12 or maybe pick 13 when the chargers are on the clock. But I think the chargers would stay put and get O-line protection for Herbert. Cause I could see the Niners moving up at 12 or I could see the Niners moving out of 12 that they wanted more capital, more picks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes total sense. Wow. So if there's a, if there's a betting prop out there on trades over under like seven, eight and a half, dude, hammer the over. Yeah. I, I got a hypothetical for you, though. You've got the Jets. with the, We've got a lot of New Yorkers, you know, paying attention to this uh, since we're, you know, focusing on New York and Carolina. Jets have two first-round picks this year. 
and they're talking about moving Sam Darnold. Could that be enough to put them up at the first overall pick? If they can get a third first round pick for Sam Darnold, they will try to move up with Jacksonville. They might try to offer them all three of those picks for number one, because yeah. at the end of the day, the Jaguars could still get the quarterback they want. If they want Wilson or Fields instead of a Lords, they could still get a pretty sweet haul. They would have those three first round picks and starting at two plus they have 25. So the Jaguars would have four first round picks. Yeah. But I don't think that they'll give up the rights to Trevor Lawrence either. So it'll be interesting, but that could definitely be something to keep an eye on because if they get the third first round pick, then they're going to try to get Lawrence. But the question is, will they? And I don't, I just don't see the Jaguars giving up Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, especially with the uh, Meyer coming in. It's such a Jets move, man. Straight away, <laughs> everything to move up one spot when all you had to do was lose. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The I try I mean, to tell y'all pros don't want to lose. Oh yeah, no, I I got you on that. I'm I I thought they were going 0 and 16 this year. That's for damn sure. But <laughs> so is is this uh, rumors of Zach Wilson being like the second quarterback off the board? Do you think that's true, Chris? I've heard the Jets have had growing interest in Zach Wilson, but they because when they were 0 and 13. The thing I heard from the Jets is they're taking Lawrence or Sewell with the, one of those top two picks. And then the other quarterbacks they were looking at at the time when they were 0-13 were Kyle Trask and Justin Fields. Now, a few weeks later, we're hearing Zach Wilson is growing on them. So maybe he's the favorite now. I He seems like he'd be the best fit for Matt LaFleur's offense. So that could play a role into this as well. So I'm really curious to see what the New York Jets are going to do it too. Are they going to take uh, Trask or Fields or are they going to take uh, Sewell and try to get, because if they, they like Trask just as much as Fields or Wilson, I would think they'd get Sewell at two and then they try to get Trask at 26 if he's still there. Mm -hmm. But if they like Wilson or Fields, they'll go QB at two, especially if they move Darnold. That's why I'm locked in on Sewell at two, unless they move darnold before the draft yeah do you think that they're gonna get high enough pick for to move darnold like i don't know if anyone's gonna be offering a first round for him that's what the jets want and i don't think they're gonna entertain the idea of trading him unless they can get first even if they draft a qb at two and keep darnold i think they would have a qb competition at that point and they'd keep two qbs on unless they get like a really good deal like a 2022 second as well as like Mm -hmm. a 2023 third or something like that after the draft because i don't think anything before 2021 would have to involve a first for darnold otherwise i think the jets would go back and say you know what the rookies impressed us darnold didn't win the starting job he lost the job to a rookie so we're going to give up Darnold for a 2022 second and a 2023 third. Cause that's all we can get at this point. Cause that's, mm. that's usually what the jets do. They usually settle instead of making a trade that's advantageous to their team. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Jets being the jets. Yeah. All right. So I got one more thing for you. I got to ask which, which team do you think has the best draft day? The which team do you think is set up to either make the right moves, make the right picks, you know, and come out as the winner of this year's draft? 
Well, Miami's going to have three and 18. I already talked about two those teams in the top four. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to pick an, a team that you wouldn't expect to make things interesting because I feel like Philadelphia at six could be a team to watch because um, I feel like they've got three good receivers in the draft, but they need to fix their linebackers and their cornerback situation. But if they can get Chase or um, Smith, one of the Bolitnikoff winners, to build around Jalen Hurts, I think they could take off next year, especially with a healthy offensive line. They're going to have um, Dillard back, Brandon Brooks back. So I think in that scenario, the Eagles could be a team that makes some moves on draft day. I, Yeah, because there's a lot of teams. Nice, man. Well, Chris, we appreciate you for being here today. Um, Always great catching up with you, talking NFL draft. Uh, Go check him out, www.draftutopia.com. Follow him on Twitter, at DraftUtopia. Chris, thank you again. I'm going to be following you. I'll be retweeting his stuff. So if you follow me on Twitter, you're definitely going to see his stuff. Your knowledge, awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks for having me on, Jordan. Have a good evening. It's a huddle, guys. It's a huddle. Huddle, Latin for round. Come on, turn around. All right, there you go. All right, now, communication is the key. I signal the quarterback with the play. He relates it to you in the huddle, and then we try it on the field. Okay, let's do it. Okay, guys, it's a curl out to the fullback on two. Hey, 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 wait a second. How come you never call a play for me? You're a tackle, diphead. Hey, nobody calls me a diphead except my brother. Guys, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'll just run the ball. You always run the ball. Why can't I run the ball? Because you're slow and no one likes you. Well, you can't go to my birthday. Oh, what? Okay, guys, that was good for a first time. Let's try it again. Need to get prepared for the NFL weekend? Join us on APR, the annexation of Puerto Rico, an ode to the Little Giants movie of 1994 starring Ed O'Neill and Rick Moranis, a new football podcast brought to you by Taproom Sports Podcasts. It features Taproom Sports Podcast hosts Jordan, Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, Lats, and Big Ballin' Ben Larson. Joined by Weekend Waiver Wires, Steady Eddie Martin, and me, Tiffany, from Picks by Chicks, as we preview the upcoming week slate of games from a betting and fantasy point of view. Visit taproomsportspodcast.com for more information. All right, it is time to get into the TMZ aspect of our podcast because, I mean, we got to talk about all this craziness that happened this week. So uh, we're going to start it off with some baseball action. So this week, we got a memo from the MLB, and in that memo, it told teams that they are going to be deadening the baseballs. They have been finding that, you know, balls are just going out of the park way too much, um, you know, for these batters. So they are going to notch things down a bit. I mean, what do you think about uh, about this memo coming out to all the teams? I mean, I, I just think it's like a, it's a fake event. I think everyone's been like calling it. I don't know if it, it's like a conspiracy about the balls like being uh, you know tighter so that they would fly for it further. But I mean, that's what everyone wants to see. Everyone wants to see the long ball. Yeah. I just think this is to like cure people's curiosity per se. You know, like, oh, now we're going to dead in the balls. Like, dude, no one goes to a baseball game to watch a two-to-one game. Like, I, as, as a, you know, fan, you know, I like I like that. But when I go to a game and I'll, you know, 
having a few cold ones, hot dog. Dude, I want some excitement, man. I want to see the ball fly out of the yard. Yeah, exactly. And it's not it's not that much of a difference that they're they're changing these deadening. So what they're saying is for a ball that's hit over 375 feet, it's going to fall a foot to two feet shorter. So, I mean, that could definitely change a lot of home runs that are just over the reach of, you know, these outfielders. They now become you know, in, in play. And I mean, you're talking about only 6.6% of home runs or of plate appearances result in home runs in 2019, 6.5 last year when we didn't even have a, a spring training where these players could, you know, get in their grooves. So, I mean, it's 6.6%. That's, that sounds like pretty rare enough to me for the, the long ball to be happening to, uh, you know, to keep it at as is um i do also have to say that i loved what the uh you know the pitchers responded to um mike trout you know he uh he tweeted the eyes emoji and uh all the pitchers came out and was like bro you don't have to worry you're gonna hit it further (laughs) anyway so man after listening to what you just said i just thought of something and i just gotta say real quick yep I think, because you mentioned the 6.6% home runs at the plate, I think a big part of, like, everyone's complaints is that now the game is literally a walk, home run, or strikeout. Yeah, and the the baseball has definitely changed. It's not that, at least in this, you know, cycle, it's not, it's in that long ball cycle. Um, you know, I think, yeah. especially with Universal DH, that kind of changes things out west where you don't have the the pitchers you know batting but it's it definitely has turned to a lot less of a you know fundamental and you know get your singles and doubles to crush it but i disagree because now the shift is on like every play yeah and if that shift wasn't there dudes would be hitting doubles all day that's, that's true why they have that i didn't shift, think about the shift yeah you can't take away the it. shift yeah, yeah i mean yeah, I would just bunt down third base. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you get on base. You get on base. Yeah. That's another run. Exactly. All right, well, let's talk about the Super Bowl boat parade. Oh, it went on earlier this week. You know, Tom Brady was out there looking like weekend at Bernie's. Um, what was your What was your takeaway from this uh from the parade i mean i it was nuts man absolutely nuts um to see professional athletes just absolutely shit-faced hammered was awesome, was pretty man. funny oh absolutely it was it was funny they they don't know how to you know handle themselves because the majority of the time they're not drinking heavily so you know getting, you know, getting him tom brady walked around was nuts uh, tom brady throwing the football or the uh lombardi trophy like a football you know to uh, the next boat was uh i mean it's a little crazy um I would not be throwing it to Bray, that's for damn sure. Um, I'm putting one of my hands receivers out there to be catching that ball, but I mean, <laughs> that's tough. You, I, I mean, it's a 80-foot little uh, uh, waterway there, so I mean, that that thing's going deep if, uh, if you miss that ball. And oh, it's gone. If it, if it fell in there, it's gone. Oh, somebody's somebody's diving in for it that night, and uh, you know they're getting their scuba gear going for it. Um, do I think it's disrespectful? Like we're getting these uh, these reports of the the woman whose father created the Lombardi. I I think it should have been handled with a little bit more class. But I mean, these guys just won the Super Bowl. They're stoked. Um, 
I mean, it's tough to do it with the the trophy, but just don't fucking drop it, man. <laughs> yeah, man, I think you nailed it. I'm, I 100% agree with you. I think that lady that who's the daughter of the silversmith or whatever, I think that's a little outrageous in my opinion. Uh, that's like, dude, come on. Like, he's, he has seven of those things. He, he ain't disrespecting it. Yeah, it's not the one, but it is, I mean... He was tossing around the one that, but yeah. Okay, let's move on to uh, NHL. We we are in the middle of a COVID disaster within the NHL. You thought after the NFL, the NBA, you know, have been fairly, you know, successful moving through their seasons. I mean, even the MLB. Um, NHL is is they're a dumpster fire right now. This week alone, we've had 12 of 52 games canceled. You have some teams with nine games played. You have some teams with 18 games played. So where do you think the NHL season is going? I mean, it's, it's going to finish, dude. There's too much money on the line. I don't think that they'll pause necessarily, but I do think that the season you know, will probably end later. I definitely don't see a pause, though. This thing, they're going to... They're going to pour through it. I don't think they're... I think we might see a pause for some teams at some point, which, again, is going to be, you know, totally unfair. But I think we're too far of a... You know, even right now, we're at a nine-game differential between the top and the bottom. So if you have a team who's played 56 games and you still have a team that has nine games to play... Like, they are sitting for a long time, and that can totally kill your momentum, you know, especially if you're a top team, um, you know, driving into the playoffs, just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. So I don't think we're we're going to have a, a, a complete season in the sense that we're going to have 56 games for everyone. Um, but we, we got to move to win percentage pretty soon because this, this is tough, especially with the... Um, the overtime points. Yup. I agree. All right, all right, all right, all right. It's that time of the week. We gave y'all some futures on Pints of Love earlier today. Today, we're going to give you some best bets for this week. Last week, Ben hit two hockey parlays. My man is hot, hot, hot. He's eight and four on the year. I went one and one once again. I had Spurs minus one against the Warriors. That hit. And then I had the under on the Grizzlies Raptors game. That one went way over. We're one and one. NBA's been a roller coaster of the year. So I'm five and seven on the year, but I'm I'm getting back to five hundred, man. I'm feeling it. Yep. What get well, what's your two best bets this week, Ben? Alright, so I I mean I gotta stay on hockey because I mean this is I mean, money is is piling up, and I I love it. Uh, so we're gonna do we're gonna do a normal uh, two game parlay here. And the first one we're gonna go with is the Washington uh, Capitals and Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, we're gonna go over the six here. Uh, that's coming in uh, tonight. We saw 
these two teams battle it up, we saw nine goals with Washington taking that 6-3 win. Uh, but if you look over the season, uh, Washington scoring about 3.4 goals on average per game, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins 3.1. You turn that on the other side and Washington is allowing 3.6 and Pittsburgh is allowing 3.6 as well. So these teams are, I mean, they're allowing, they're, they're letting a lot of biscuits hit that basket and um, I mean, you have a ton of superstars on these teams. So uh, we're going to go over there, and we are going to parlay that with the Dallas money line. So the Dallas Stars are going in and playing the Predators. And again, this is on Tuesday. So this is game two of the uh, Dallas and Nashville matchup. The last two times these teams, you know, faced each other. Dallas wins 7-0 and then 3-2. So they're putting up a lot of points there. Um, if you look at how the Predators have played throughout the, the year, they have always lost that second game uh, in these two-game series that they've, they've been playing. So uh, we're going to be putting you know, some some good uh, good money on Dallas Moneyline. Again, you parlay those two together, you know, minus 110, not bad. Minus 160, again, not bad. But you put them together, it's going to give you plus 210. So you are making money. All right, and for the second second bet, I got to go, you know, I got to turn to my uh, Golden State Warriors. They are, they're playing really well. They took a, a tough loss uh, just last night, but uh, they're, they're going to be coming back strong because they are going to be playing the Cleveland Cavaliers who are struggling. Man, you look at Cleveland's last five games, they lost, they lost by 19, 38, 6, okay, not bad, 25, and then 18. So I think eight points by Golden State was averaging, you know, over 11 points more per game. Um, it's, you know, it's going to be a, an easy W for that. So we're going to get, we're going to go Golden State Warriors minus eight, and that's at minus one ten. So you are making money. Nice man, I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm actually on Golden State as well minus eight. I love this one. After a loss, Golden State 6-5 against the spread with a margin of plus 6.9. So they're blowing the spread out of the water when uh, after losses for the most part. So I love Golden State minus 8. I think it's a big bounce back game. Plus you mentioned it as well, Ben. Uh, you know, Cleveland is just fucking absolute dog shit. My second best bet, I'm taking the Knicks Hawks under 216. Uh, you know, I got Knicks on auto under. They are constant. They are the worst offense in the league, and they're the best defense in the league. So, you know, their games usually on average are like 206. And on top of that, the Hawks are awful hitting the over as well. I mean, and on top of that, as uh, the away team, the Hawks are 3-8 and eight hitting the under. And uh, as a favorite on the road, 0-4 hitting over-under. So they are always hitting under. They've hit the under four times as an away favorite. So I love under 216 here. Plus the Hawks are banged up. No DeAndre Hunter. They've looked awful. I love this under here. I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game. So we're locking it up. Under 216. Hawks and Knicks. Let's go. Love it. Love it. Love it. Great plays on all all of these bets you know only you know really three this week but hey if if i'm liking warriors and you're liking warriors at minus eight that means it is a lock and what else is a lock is that we brought some good beers this week 
I mean, all of the pints of love beers that we had earlier today. I mean, that's why I needed a dessert beer because, you know, it was uh, it was some great stuff. We had we had stuff from all around the states. But I got to hear how how was your fancy beer tonight? Uh, it was really good, man. This is a phenomenal beer. I'm about done with it. And, I mean, the flavor is just phenomenal, man. You can, mm-hmm. like, really taste the raspberry and blueberry. You've been hearing me pucker. <laughs> I mean, I love that. That's what I love about sours, dude. It's a real sour. I love this beer, man. I'm giving it a 4.75 out of 5. Nice. Very nice. Oh yeah, um, I had a, a sour as well. I had the farmhouse sour uh, from Almanac, and this was uh, bourbon barrel peach. Um, and this was the sour farmhouse ale that was uh, aged in the Four Roses bourbon barrels, um, and just packed with peaches, nectarines, and vanilla beans. Um, it was a good beer. It was a really good beer. I I am enjoying it. I still have a little bit left, but I enjoyed it, enjoyed it cold, and I'm enjoying it as this uh it, it warms up um it's unfortunate it's not as desserty as i had hoped um you know i was hoping for a little bit more sweeter of a beer uh, i was hoping that the peaches would would really bring that out but it is it's more of a fresh sour and it's a it's a really good sour in that sense um i am gonna have to take it down you know a notch on the score because although it has been aged in bourbon barrels you really didn't get any effect of that i mean in the the smell you you smell the nectarines and the peaches um you know in the taste i to be honest i didn't really even get too much of a hint of bourbon and i i loved my bourbon um but it was it was an incredible beer i highly suggest it especially for somebody like you who you know really likes that crisp and the pucker of sours um so this is this is a great one um it's it's everywhere too. I've seen it at all of the stores. Um, so definitely, definitely try this beer. I'm gonna give it a 4.5 out of five. Nice man. Yeah, I like it. Great, great beer. I like it. And before we get to the end, I have to let everybody know <clears throat> we are being brought to you by my bookie, the best sports book for everyone, anywhere. And the best part is you always have access to the action, whether you're at home or on the go. Visit the website online today at mybookie.ag and use promo code TAPROOM to grab yourself a deposit bonus. Bet, win, and get paid at mybookie. Man, and while you're making those best bets, I mean, you can get the craft best craft beer delivered straight to your front door from Yay. breweries all around the U.S. using Tavour. That's T-A-V-O-U-R. Just go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app on your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM when signing up to get 10 bucks off your first $25 purchase or more hey, back to back i like it hell yeah we're making money uh but <laughs> thank you everybody for listening to tap room this was a uh, it was a short one for you guys uh, because we're we're doing double duty today with pints of love and um I, I mean there was just stuff that we had to get out and we got to make sure that all of you guys all our listeners have some content so thank you again for listening make sure to check us out on instagram at tap room sports podcast you can check out our networks uh twitter at tap room underscore sports you can check out jordan which is at jordan rules tsp i mean we're on facebook just search taproom sports podcast go to our website www.taproomsportspodcast.com where you can find all of our content and check out the merchandise in collaboration with the glory 
Make sure to check out APR on Tuesdays for huge, I mean, post-Super Bowl action. We are going to be diving into a ton of, you know, off-season antics. It's going to be a ton of fun. Yep, ton of fun looking into that new season and what each team needs to do. Uh, That is Woodsteady, Eddie Martin, and Tiffany from Picks by Chicks. So it's a ton of fun. I mean, we've got... We've got even more podcasts. You can check out the program with Jordan and Brian. You can check out Square Sharks with uh, Jordan and Steady Eddie. I'm on there sometimes. And, man, it's it's a ton of fun, and we are just trying to get you guys some content. So I love it. Big love week. You. Great uh, yes. great beers throughout the week. Again, sorry we didn't give out uh, two, our normal two beers on this uh, on this podcast, but... And got we've, three beers today, though. Yeah, we've you, been drinking a lot today, so we've been drinking a lot. But for everybody out there, thank you again. I'm your host, Big Ball and Ben Larson, here with my co-host, Jordan. Stacks on stacks on stacks. Lats, we will yes, see sir. you next week. Have a good week, everybody. Shout out to 90 Second Beer. Yes, sir. Thank you for having us on Pints of Love. Remember, if you didn't catch it, go to lemonade.social and check it out. It'll be up there for three months and use promo code 2021 Taproom. Get 10% off your tickets. Peace. Hey guys, it's your boy Jordan. Stacks on stacks on stacks, lads. And me, Steady Eddie Martin. You've seen our picks on Twitter and all our shows on the Taproom Sports Podcast Network. So we're bringing y'all a new show twice a week called The Square Sharks. Yeah, just two guys who love sports that will help you win money. Yep, so go to www.taproomsportspodcast.com slash square sharks for more info and to subscribe to the podcast. Don't miss out. Do it now. Why throw away free money?